0: And please turn with me to the scripture for this morning's scripture reading. The book of Obadiah, chapter 1, verse 1 to 12. The book of Obadiah, chapter 1, verse 1 to 12. The vision of Obadiah. This is what the Sovereign Lord says about Edom. We have heard a message from the Lord an envoy was sent to the nations to say, Rise, let us go against her for battle. See, I will make you small among the nations. You will be utterly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you, you who live in the clefts of the rocks and make your homes on the heights, you who say to yourself, Who can bring me down to the ground? Though you soar like the eagle, And make your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. If these came to you, if robbers in the night, oh, what a disaster awaits you. Would they not steal only as much as they wanted? If grape pickers came to you, would they not leave a few grapes? But how Esau will be ransacked, his hidden treasures pillaged? All your allies will force you to the border. Your friends will deceive and overpower you. Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, but you will not detect it. In that day, declares the Lord Will I not destroy the wise men of Edom, those of understanding in the mountains of Esau? Your warriors, Taman, will be terrified, and everyone in Esau's mountains will be cut down in the slaughter. Because of the violence against your brother Jacob, you will be covered with shame. You will be destroyed forever. On the day you stood aloof while strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were like one of them. You should not gloat over your brother in the day of his misfortune nor rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor boast so much in the day of their trouble. We are delighted to have Reverend Candy back with us to preach this morning's sermon, Pride Brings Destruction.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Chang Xiong. It's a delight to be back and to worship God together. Thank you, Reverend Anita and the team for inviting me this morning. Uh, Let's look at God's word, but before that, let's pray together. Father, we give thanks to you for your word for us. Help us not to be just listeners of your word, but put your word into practice, that our lives will bring glory to you. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. So in the Near Eastern world, the majority of the people, they were illiterate, they could not read. So when there was a message for them, it would be verbally given to them through the messenger. So the messenger, knowing that the message was not from himself, he would be very specific. And the messenger would say that the message he was proclaiming was from the one who gave the message. So likewise, in the prophetic books, the prophets, they realize they are not the one who give the message, but they spoke on behalf of God. So in the prophetic books, we see the phrases, this is what the Lord says was written over 300 times. And the phrase, declares the Lord, was written over 350 times. So Obadiah 2, uh, the book that we look at this morning, He was not proclaiming his own message. He was a prophet from God. So his task was to speak to Edom on behalf of God. So let's look at his background, a little bit on his background. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Obadiah is the shortest book in the Old Testament. So it only has one chapter, and this chapter has 21 verses. And the dating of this book is between shortly after the temple's destruction, which was uh, 586 BCE and 400 BCE. Not much is known about Obadiah, except the fact that his name means servant or worshipper of God. So prophet Elijah and Elisha, they were referring to an Obadiah. Uh, Most likely, it is not this Obadiah they were referring to. So Obadiah, he was one of the minor prophets, but it does not mean that he was less important. He was equally important, and so as we can see from his message this morning, uh, he proclaimed God's word, and what are the words that he was proclaiming to Edom? The prophecy that he proclaimed is not just for Edom. It was for Edom and also for God's people as well. So Edom was Israel's eastern neighbor. So another name for Esau, if you remember, uh, Jacob's twin brother was Edom. So Jacob also had a name given by God, uh, Israel. When he struggled with God, God gave him the name Israel. We can read more about them on Genesis 25-27. to So we can see the two brothers, they struggled with one another. Even before they were born in their mother's womb, they struggled with one another. So when they were born, their parents play favorite. Uh, The dad favors Esau, and the mother favors the younger one, Jacob. And with the mom's help, Jacob stole the birthright from his older brother Esau. And so that caused Esau's anger to arose, and Esau threatened to kill Jacob. And so Jacob had to flee from home to run away from his own twin brother. And so the twins, they were estranged for 20 years, until God called uh, Jacob home, and there was reconciliation. And when the father passed away, uh, it was mentioned they both buried him, a sign of reconciliation. Though the Israelites and the Edomites, they were brothers, they did not get along. So through the centuries, we see them fighting with one another. These struggles as descendants. The descendants of Esau, the Edomites, and the descendants of Jacob, the Israelites, they often fight against one another. So we can see a passage from Malachi chapter 1. It says, I have loved you, says the Lord, but you ask, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord? Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated, and I have turned his hill country into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. The destruction that came upon a group of people in rebellion against God. So, what is God's message to the people of Edom, the Edomites? What was God's warning to them? We can see of her pride. So, God warned her, Edom, her pride. So, firstly, they are she is struggling with national pride. National pride, we all have this, right? When we are so proud of our country, when we are so proud to be a citizen of the country, Uh, even we are in this 21st century, that we are still proud of our homeland. We are proud of our country. And it is a good thing to be proud of our country. So, Unfortunately, if we are too proud that we only see ourselves, if we look at ourselves as superior, then it is very easy to look down on other nations and to inflict violence upon those who are weaker. Like Edom, she thinks that she is the best, eh? she has this air of superiority, and then she thought she could inflict violence on the weaker nations and to oppress those who are hopeless. In 586 B.E.C., the Babylonians came and captured Jerusalem. It's a part of their disobedience to God, so God allowed that to happen. So first, the Babylonians, they looted the temple treasury, and then they burned the temple to the ground. The Babylonians then took with them the Israelites, uh, took them captive to Babylon. So, and then, the leaders of Judah and artisans, they were also taken to Babylon as well. So while all these were happening, all this uh, captivity, all these attacks from Babylon was happening in the land, what happened was that the Edomites, they did nothing about it. They knew what was happening, but they did not do anything about it. So instead of helping, they took advantage of this situation. So they took advantage of Israel by selling them into slavery. And then they pledged their belongings. So God was judging Edom. Not that she was not doing anything. She increased the pain of Israel. She took more opportunity. She took this opportunity to create more harm upon the Israelites. So God was judging Edom for not helping Jerusalem. So another pride that Edom has committed was that she gloated over Israel. Uh, Verse 10 to 12 tells us, Because of the violence against your brother Jacob, you will be covered with shame. You will be destroyed forever. Uh, Verse 11, On the day you stood aloof, while strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem you were like one of them you should not gloat over your brother in the day of his misfortune nor rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction nor boast so much in the day of the trouble so the message of God was that Edom should not have gloated over Israel and laughed at the misfortune of Israel. So because Edom stood aloof, uh, just watching all this happening and did not stop it from happening and rejoice over the destruction of Judah, God would punish them. This is the other pride that Edom had committed. And thirdly, Edom was proud The reason for her pride is also because of her geographical location. So Edom, she thought so highly of herself because of where she was situated, because of the strategic location that she had. So she thought she was better than the surrounding neighbors. So Edom was on a higher plateau than the others, than Jerusalem. So if you have visited Holy Land, you can see uh, she was uh, elevated. So here is a picture that there are the rocks all around and another picture, yeah So the passage leading to Edom, it was narrow so with the rocks by the side it was very easy to strengthen the security. You just put a few military soldiers over there to block the path, and then uh, invaders could not be able to evade the nation. And geographically, it was on good grounds. And it was opposite the major trade route. So it was wealthy, and she was wealthy because of the uh, traders passing by, the merchants passing by. And so these are the advantages of Edom, that she thought she was proud, she was better than the other nations. eh? She was on higher ground, safe from the attack of enemies, and she was wealthy because of the passing by merchants. And so this is what God said of her pride. Actually, the pride that she had, the national pride she had, the geographical pride that she had, has deceived her. Verse three says the pride of your heart has deceived you, you who live in the clefts of the rocks and make yourself home on heights. Who say you who say to yourself, Who can bring me down to the ground? So from this description Edom was so puffed up. She thought she was beyond this world, high above this world, that nothing in this world could take her down. So she described herself as an eagle. Soaring in the sky, among the stars. She thought she was so great that she was outside the existence of this world. Usually thinking so highly above oneself will usually lead to destruction. The Bible tells us, when we think so highly of ourselves, that is pride, and pride will bring us destruction. So God then says, uh, to them, uh, verse 4, God says, Though you soar like the eagle, and make your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. God, God, the creator of the stars, that Eden wanted to soar in, God was the creator. So as powerful as the military was, at uh, the strategic location, human armies, might not be able to bring them down. But God, and only God, would and could bring Edom down. God would be the one who humble the arrogant. Edom described herself as an eagle, flying eagle, soaring high in the sky. But God, remember, he is the eagle. God referred to himself as the eagle. God himself, would take down on a nation that is so high up, and so puffed up, and so uh, proud of herself. So God's message to Obadiah, to this nation, was that God would repay Edom for her pride and violence against God's people, the Israelites. So God would destroy the things that they are proud of. Right? Edom, very proud of her military, But nations, other nations would come and take her down. Proverbs 16, verse 18 reminds us that pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. What happened? As powerful as she was, but God would make her small. Verse 2, Say, see, I will make you small among the nations. You will be utterly despised. So small and insignificant does not mean geographically small. Right? The other nations, they are also small in size. For example, Moab is small, Ammon, uh, Israel and Judah and Philistines, they were not big in size. Not large geographically. So however, in Edom's case, yeah, it was mighty, it was powerful. God would make her small. God would make her despised by the other nations. So when a nation is small, what happened to it? It would be easily attacked by others, uh, other nations. The other nations would see her as being weak and easy to occupy, easy to attack. So as a consequence to Edom's pride, Edom would be plundered, would be destroyed. Then her treasures, which she was so proud of, would be taken away from her. And her former allies, they thought they could be invincible together. Her allies would attack her. and she would be completely crushed. She would be trapped and crushed. So this is a reminder for us that pride goes before a destruction. So God hates pride. He hates pride in His people, in His children. Jesus Christ came to set us the example. Jesus Christ came to serve. He was uh, setting an example for us. Serve others. Jesus Christ did not come to like have an air of arrogance. But he showed us what it means to serve and what it means to love. So what does pride look like? Maybe time for us to examine ourselves. So pride is saying that we don't need God. Because I can run my own life, I am wise enough to make decisions for myself, I am busy, I have a lot of things on my timetable. I don't have time for God, for Bible. I don't have time for church service. Pride is I don't need God. Pride is I don't want to obey God. What God says because I know better. So pride is thinking we are better. So because we are better, we are able to inflict pain on other people because I am more superior. So we have seen examples from Edom. Huh? She was proud of herself. I think too highly of herself that she inflict pain on Israel, uh, inflict violence on Israel. So this is what pride does. So let us reflect Am I a better Christian than my neighbor? Uh, Do I compare myself to other Christians and think that I'm better because I read the Bible, I pray every day? Or am I proud of all that I have achieved in life, that I deserve what I have, I deserve everything that I have in my life because I work hard for it? Or am I pride? prideful? Am I proud because I'm of a certain race? I come from a certain culture because of what I do for a living? Am I proud? Am I prideful? Do I have pride in my heart? Because I think I am superior as a Christian, so I whack the Bible down on those who do not know God. I condemn them. Ah, you are sick because you do not believe in God. Or would this happen to you because you are not a Christian? Do I push the gospel down and shove it down the throat and condemn people for not believing in Jesus? Or do I stand aloof when I hear people crying for help, people needing help? It is Prideful if I have the ability, if I have the time and I have the resources to help, but I choose not to help because my time is too important, my money is too important for me. My energy, I use it for my own entertainment, use it for my hobbies. Do I stand aloof and not helping when someone is really in need? So remember, the Edomites, they are so happy to see the downfall of Jerusalem. They were laughing and gloating at the misfortune of Jerusalem. Likewise, do I enjoy listening to hear stories of people failing and misfortunes of others? And do I love to talk about it, like gossip it with my friends, or what happened to this person, that person? But when we are proud, but when we laugh at people for facing failures, when we spread rumors around, spread gossips around, yeah we are putting strains on relationship with one another, with relationship with our families, our friends, our colleagues, with the community. So remember, Apostle Peter, uh, Apostle uh, Paul, he wrote to Timothy. He was saying, "This, this bunch of young widows, uh, every day they are idle people. They do nothing but just go from house to house to spread gossips." Yeah, may it be not us that we do not waste our time uh, laughing at the misfortune of others, or just standing aloof. But may it be that we as a community of Christ show the love, show the compassion of Christ wherever we are, especially even more so in this endemic where there are a lot of people needing help, a lot of people getting uh, positive tested positive. Yeah, we can show our love and care to them and we can pray with them. The antidote to being prideful, to being proud is to acknowledge that everything we have comes from God comes from the grace of God everything every single thing our family our occupation our cars our houses that comes from our job they ultimately all comes from the Lord and God was the one who gave us the talents the ability to work for all this it is not entirely 100% our efforts so the church is that place where we can stay accountable i'm sure you're all in a small group right your small group friends are the ones to help you to stay accountable yet yeah, at times when we are so tempted to sin when we think so highly of ourselves when we come to the small group or to the church when we share our prayer requests with one another yeah, then we also keep one another in check or whether we are overly too proud So this is the beauty of Christian fellowship, that we have one another to help us to stay accountable. That we have one another to remind us when we are going overboard. But brothers and sisters in Christ, that we remind us. And brothers and sisters in Christ, in our small group, pray for us. yeah, Hold us accountable. So the importance and the beauty of Christian fellowship, It's always dangerous when we are thinking so highly of ourselves. So we grow in the Lord together as a church, as a community of faith. And so, yeah, God will bring destruction on Edom, but there's restoration from God as well. As prophesied by Obadiah, Edom was destroyed. So verse 19 and 20, it says, People from the Negev will occupy the mountains of Esau, and people from the foothills will possess the land of the Philistines. They will occupy the fields of Ephraim and Samaria, and Benjamin will possess Gilad. So the company of Israel exiles who are in Canaan will possess the land as far as Sarath. The exiles from Jerusalem who are in Saharat will possess the towns of the Negev. So by 6 BC, Edom was no more. So it was lying in ruins. So despite God's warning to them about their pride and arrogance, yeah, God brought destruction upon them. But remember, it was not God's plan to bring destruction. God's heart was always for humility, uh, humanity. God's heart was for humanity. Jesus Christ came to seek the saved and the lost. And so the day of the Lord is near for all nations. Verse 15 tells us that God's plan is not just for Israelites, but for all nations of the world. His plan is to save the entire human race. So when Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago, he gave the Great Commission to his disciples to go into all the world to share the good news, to go into all nations to tell them of the good news of the kingdom of God. And let's remember, we all are sinners, but Jesus Christ came. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we give thanks to God. Yeah, we were once dead. We were once living in sin. Uh, We are all proud, prideful people. Disobedience against God, uh, inflicting hurts on our brothers and sisters in Christ. But Jesus Christ came to give us the gift of eternal life. So for people who are like Edom, proud, arrogant, there is hope for them. If they repent, God would forgive them. So today we come before God yeah, filled with shame. When we repent, God will forgive us. So, and this message also gives us the, the logical message that points us to the hope that Jesus Christ will come one day. So on the day of the Lord, when Jesus Christ comes again, right, God's enemies will be crushed and destroyed. And God's people will enter into His kingdom. But verse 21 uh, tells us that Deliverers will go up on Mount Zion to govern the mountains of Esau. And the kingdom will be the Lord's. But we look forward as Christians. Yeah, a lot of pain and tragedies on this world. We look forward to that day where the wicked, uh, those who oppress violence on others, will receive their punishment from the Lord. So meanwhile, uh, we continue to pray for those who are suffering, those who are oppressed, the weak, those who are not able to help themselves. Yes, and we too, we should help those who are in need, pray for them and help in whatever ways that we can. I uh, will help our brothers and sisters in the church and also in the community that uh, we do our best to help, so that our God will be glorified in our lives. So as a conclusion, the book of Obadiah reveals to us our human condition, right? hidden somewhere in our human hearts, individual hearts. Yeah, I admit I am proud, I am prideful at times. And in the heart of the nation, there is always national pride, and the church is not accepted as well. So let's pray and humbly acknowledge before God that we are just mere mortals here for a little while on earth and we are dependent on God's grace. So may it be that our prayers, we will fear the Lord and walk humbly with God all the days of our lives and may He be glorified in our lives. Shall we spend some time to pray together? Father, we acknowledge that there are so many brokenness in us and pride Building up in us. And we ask that you will come and crush away our pride. When we think so highly of ourselves, but point us to the cross, where Jesus Christ came and died for us and his blood was shed for us. Jesus Christ, live a life of example for us, that we should not gloat over others or laugh at others' misfortune, but should have compassion, as you have showed us compassion. For once we were sinners, but because of your love and compassion, you have saved us from the kingdom of darkness into your kingdom of light. And Father, we ask that you give us the grace to walk humbly before you all the days of our lives. May, may you be pleased with our life and help the church, the universal church, uh, to also walk in your ways, not to be proud of all the blessings you have given to us, but to really serve the community, to love Those who are marginalized, the oppressed and the broken and the despised people in the community. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen.